When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. Let's go. Your 4-0 continued to be undefeated 49ers. Come up with an incredible game. Um, man, that was start to finish. The 49ers, probably one of the most dominant games that I have seen in a long time, especially primetime from the 49ers and forever. They come out, they win 31-3. to um, <coughs> It's funny. I, I was super hyped the whole game. Really, really excited, and at one point we're up twenty-eight to three, and sure enough, I get like four messages: twenty-eight to three, dot dot dot, twenty-eight to three. We've seen this before, and it was all like non-Niners fans, <laughs> like coming back from the whole Kyle Shanahan Super Bowl, whatever. Not that I felt that I was in any danger, but it was just like, come on, um, you have to be able to enjoy such a dominant performance. They come out and just blow the doors off. If if you want to look at just just the first opening drive defensively. It, I thought it was hilarious. You know, the, the statistics and all of, you know, you, you look across the NFL. Statistics say if you win the toss, you defer to the second half because it gives you the chance for the two back-to-back possessions. You get the back you get the possession usually at the end of the first half and second half. Well, Cleveland wins the toss, and they say, we want to go out there on offense and make a statement against this defense. Well, how did that work out for you? Because they end up going four plays, 17 yards, and punt. Um, yeah, it, it didn't go well. And the very first play offensively, obviously, um, you know, the 83-yard touchdown run from Matt Breida. So we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff here. First off, I just want to say thanks for joining me. This is wonderful. Um, uh, if we we have been through it as 49ers fans for a very, very long time, and I want to make sure that I get to everybody's questions. So if you have a question and you're joining us for the first time, thank you. Go ahead and tag me, at John Chapman in the chat, whether you're listening on Twitch, Periscope, YouTube, Twitter, wherever. Um, thanks a lot, and let's talk about this. So if you have a question, please put that in there. We're going to get to a whole bunch of just instant reactions, but I want it to be a little bit more of a back and forth so we can enjoy it a little more. Uh, right off the bat, what is Juice's injury? Okay. 
Um, a really rough hit on the perimeter. It was just a straight ISO block on the outside. Uh, the safety person, I think it was the safety or corner, tried to keep outside contain and put his head down. They go helmet to helmet. It's not a head issue. But as the corner went, kept going down, uh, the secondary player, his knee hit the out, or his head hit the outside knee of Juszczyk, and the back part of the leg wavered. Um, now he's spinning around full speed, doing a somersault in the air and grabbing his knee as that is taking place. Obviously, very, very, very bad news. Um, right off the point, you're thinking ACL. Um, you're hoping it's not ACL, MCL. Uh, maybe it's just a bruise. But whenever you grab the underneath part of the knee, um, not the top part, the bone structure, but the underneath where the tendons are, uh, that is usually very, very scary. Uh, so I would say best case scenario is a meniscus. You're looking at three to four weeks playing through pain the rest of the season then get it cleaned up. Um, worst case, obviously ACL, he'd be done. Um, it didn't help that, uh, you know, they carted him off to the locker room. We don't have any new news, but it they won't release anything. They, they might say, we fear it's an ACL, but if you guys hear something, please let me know. Throw that in the chat so that we can share that with everybody. But uh, my guess is we'll get word whether they think it's an MC, MC, or ACL, MCL, and they'll be doing an MRI tomorrow. So usually you've got to wait a little while. Yeah, again, knee sprain would be great, but usually knee sprains don't happen on contact like that. Not that it's not possible it is a knee sprain. That'd be great. But um, usually the outside contact and whenever you grab underneath is never, never a good thing. All right, uh, next question. How about them Niners, fam? <laughs> you got to love it. Uh, we've got the Rams coming up next week, and I don't want to jump forward too much. We're going to have all week to break that down. But, yeah, we've got uh, just a great matchup coming up. The 49ers are traveling down to Los Angeles to play, you know, the reigning champs in the division, you know, and really – the entire NFC. So if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. You know, we just knocked off the number one team, uh, the Cleveland Browns, who were leading their division. And so now you, you go face the Rams and you want to prove how great you are. This is where you've got to do it. Um, Nick Bosa's a beast. You've got to give this guy so much credit. That was about as dominant a performance as the 49ers have seen on defense in a very long time. I love that it went against Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield had a terrible game, but it wasn't because of Baker. It was because of what our defense did to him. You know, Nick Bosa finishes with four solo tackles, two sacks, really should have been three sacks. That uh, intentional grounding at the end of the first half, his knee was down. That should have been a sack. Uh, two additional tackles for loss and five hits on the quarterback. Uh, two for, he had a fumble recovery and a forced fumble. Nick Bosa was unbelievable. From start to finish, he made his presence felt. And the crazy thing is, you know, they're still rotating defensive linemen like crazy. His snap count is still not that high. Kyle Shanahan just talked about in the press conference. They asked Kyle Shanahan, you know, was this just a better performance from Bosa? And Kyle Shanahan said, no, he's just playing more. Well, guess what? He still didn't really start the game. And... He probably hit about a 70 to 75% uh, snap percentage. I doubt that goes up more, but it would be wonderful if it did go up more. Um, what does our run game look like if Juice is out for the whole season? It takes a hit, but understand this right now. The 49ers have the best running offense in the entire NFL. It is not that close. It really, really isn't. Um, you see what they were able to accomplish, uh, 275 yards on the ground on 40 carries, averaged 6.9 yards per carry, two touchdowns. 
This running offense, yes, it stagnated a little bit at the end of the game, but that's once the offense went one-dimensional because everybody knew they were just running out the clock. So a couple options, first off. One, um, you use more tight ends. So you just you, you pull out use check, and you'll put in an additional tight end. So instead of doing the 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end, you'll do more 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends. Or you bring back Mayfield who we used as the backup fullback all throughout the preseason. Uh, We could pull him up. I'm not sure where he's at, but I'm pretty sure he is unclaimed right now or on a practice squad. You could sign anybody over from a practice squad. He could step in right away. But they're not going to rush um, anything. There are fullbacks available out there. I haven't scanned um, you know, the NFL waiver wire, but there are going to always be fullbacks just because it's not a credited position. A lot of teams stay away from that. And so we're going to be able to find somebody very, very soon there. So yeah, Kyle Juszczyk, if he's out, he's an amazing player. But Booger McFarland, first off, he's, he's a mess. Um, you can tell he's just trying to fill airtime since Jason Witten left, and I'm glad Jason Witten left. He was the worst announcer ever. But here's the deal. Uh, Booger had no clue what the hell was going on out there. So many missed calls, and he kept talking about how he's such a pivotal piece. He's more important than everybody but the quarterback. First off, George Kittle is the most important person of this offense. Uh, we saw that last year when Jimmy G was down. I lo- not trying to knock the quarterback, but George Kittle is, again, in competition for the best player in the entire NFL, regardless of position. So he's huge there. Um, next up, uh, Renato, um, what did you think of Emmanuel Mosley? Not too shabby in my opinion. Yeah, great game by Mosley. And the weird thing was, he was not matched up. I told you guys I wasn't a big Freddie Kitchens fan. Um, just not really excited about what he brings to the table. And the fact that you have an undrafted free agent rookie last year starting his very first game, and he is locked up as the right outside cornerback and doesn't rotate, he stays there, and you didn't scheme any plays to attack him. Instead, they went after Richard Sherman, which I'm thankful they did. That interception was wonderful. But that was just some that was shitty coaching. I don't know what else to say. You could have put Odell Beckham over there one-on-one in a cover three scheme and had whatever you wanted. Now, we did do a much more traditional two-deep safety look to make sure that we mitigated that long play. So he had a lot of help over the top. But Emmanuel Mosley, he made plays when it counted. One... He's always going to be very, very physical in the run game, which he showed. Uh, he came up and made some big hits. He was great at outside contain. He turned the ball. He didn't get a tackle. He didn't even get one tackle. But he turned Nick Chubb inside. Uh, he kept outside contain on three or four different plays very, very well. So uh, great play in the end zone also uh, where he came off. It wasn't even his guy. Uh, he was backing up in the deep third. And he saw that the pass was coming out across the middle. He jumped off of his zone, came across to the middle of the field, and got an amazing pass breakup. That would have been a touchdown. And because he made that play, the very next play was the interception that was uh, bobbled by Antonio Callaway, picked off by Kawan Williams again. This guy's getting a lot of interceptions. That's a 14-point swing. We finally go and score on that. And that is a 14-point swing. Not saying we're going to lose the game or anything like that, but... Yeah, absolutely pivotal play, clutch play in the red zone and was able to kind of ice the game after that. Once we scored that touchdown, I think the game was pretty much over. You could tell by the language of the Browns players and the 49ers. Um, Just, yeah, love mostly. He's definitely earned that spot. He's not going to have a tougher matchup than this. You know, 
You can say whatever you want about the Rams wide receivers. They are all very, very good. None of them are Odell Beckham Jr. good uh, from a talent standpoint. So, yeah, they're, they fit the scheme. The Rams do very well, but whatever. Um, Dean, here we go. Wise Booker's <laughs> still clowning on Jimmy G. Yeah, no clue. He kept talking about how inconsistent Jimmy Garoppolo was, and he finished 20 for 29, two touchdowns. Yeah, there were a couple passes that were behind, but he had three drop passes again. Uh, Dante Pettis, that drop at the end should have been an inter- or a touchdown. That was a great route, as always, is with Dante Pettis. But, uh, yeah, that should have been caught. Debo, he had a drop earlier whenever he was going across the middle, got punched out. Really probably should have been a fumble, but he didn't make that football move. And so that's kind of key there. And Kyle Juszczyk also had a drop on the second drive as well. So three drops out of 29 passes. So you could have said he'd be 23 of 29. That's so efficient. Uh, No clue what the hell is wrong with Booger. Again, I, I just think he just talks to fill time, and he's not quite sure what the hell he's going to talk about. Um, let's see here. What do you think of Jimmy Garoppolo after the game? I didn't see um, <clears throat> Jimmy Garoppolo's press conference. I was setting up for this. But, yeah, you got to love Jimmy Garoppolo. And the thing that makes him so special is his third down accuracy um, and third down efficiency. He's not holding the ball long enough to let uh, people get to him. We only gave up two sacks. And, again, you've got to give it up to Justin School. He played wonderful. Kyle Shanahan even said, I didn't hear his name called much, so that's a good thing. He played great. The first play of the game, the 83-yard touchdown, was right behind him. What kind of confidence does that do to a player whenever you're going to get somebody like Miles Garrett, one of the best players in the NFL, and the head coach calls the first play running right off your butt? And sure enough, it goes for an 83-yard touchdown. So we saw this last week with Justin School. He put together three great quarters and then started getting in a little bit of trouble. But he was able to stay consistent because the running game was so efficient, the pass rush was completely neutralized. So uh, really excited about and again, uh, probably the worst graded offensive lineman we're going to have again this week is Mike McGlinchey. Um, he's the lowest rated player on our offense, according to Pro Football Focus, before this game. Uh, got beat one on one versus Miles Garrett, which you don't want to fault him too much. Miles Garrett's going to get his. But yeah, it, it's a problem. Um, I, I'm not too worried about him because we're leaving him in a lot of one on one because we're helping school on the backside or on the offensive left side. That's going to happen. So, yeah. Not worried about him, but <laughs> you don't want to see this pattern continue. That's for sure. Um, Kyle said sprained knee. I'm seeing lots of sprained knees show up in the things. That's absolutely wonderful. That, again, best case scenario, that or a meniscus, I think we're going to be okay. Um, John, um, yeah, we just talked about the use check one. Nick Bosa proved he's a beast edge rusher in the league. What do you think? You know, I tweeted this out at halftime. I considered the performance Nick Bosa put up defensive player of the year type caliber. Now, it was one game, and he's had a great season so far, but he's definitely in competition for rookie of the year. I think Brian Burns, um, Carolina's defensive end out of Florida State, he's going to be in that conversation as well. But yeah, Nick Bosa, especially doing that on such a huge stage on Monday Night Football, he's got to be catapulted up to the top of that conversation, even though he was already there beforehand. But this kind of cemented his role as defensive rookie of the year so far. I think he has to be the front runner. 
Man, I'm loving seeing all these sprained knees. This is a great thing for Kyle Juszczyk. Love that so much. Um, <clears throat> why do we not see more over-the-top plays once we've established the run in any given game? Well, I'm with you there. Um, this defense is opportunistic. And I said if you listen to the scouting report, their entire thing is to get sacks and to get interceptions. That's the way most teams are dri uh, driven, but that's how this team is designed, this defense. We neutralized both those. We protected the ball. We had no turnovers. Um, we did have one fumbled exchange between Jimmy Garoppolo and Tevin Coleman, but we were able to get that one back. So the fact that they had two sacks and no turnovers, if you would have said that before the game, you would have guaranteed, I would have bet everything that I had, the 49ers were going to win the game. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And so it seems like the goal was we're going to be able to beat them with a rush, we're going to stay with the rush, and we're not going to make mistakes. Therefore, we're not going to throw the ball deep. We're not going to have long, deep passes, uh, long developing plays where they can get to the quarterback. It was just quick and efficient. Now, at some point in the season, you are correct you're going to have to start to take shots down the field. Um, Kyle Shanahan loves that deep crossing route. That's about as deep of a pass as it gets. Now, once I break down the film again, uh, we're going to have several episodes this week, and it's it's a short week because we played Monday night now, and our next game's Sunday. So it's, it's going to be, everything's going to come out relatively quickly. The bad thing is the NFL doesn't release coaches' film in all 22, uh, usually until two days out. So, We'll see what happens. It might be like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday episode this week, but I will get everything to you guys. Don't worry about that. Um, are you surprised Kyle didn't have more passes for Jimmy? Um, no, not really. Uh, you know, 29 passes, 20 for 29, 108 quarterback rating, uh, very, very efficient, two touchdowns, no interceptions. When you're running the ball that way, that well, why break that up? Because what you're allowed to do with that is – one, the old adage is, you know, the coaches, when you throw the ball, um, only three things can happen, and only one thing is good. <laughs> There's two bad things that can happen with every pass, right? Incompletion, interception. So what you do is, once we were up at halftime, the message should have been, look, guys, if we don't turn the ball over, we win. And they were able to hold true to that. You know, they gave up one field goal in the second quarter. I cannot believe this Cleveland offense didn't score a damn touchdown. So a couple things. Let's just focus on the 49ers for a second. One, um, we have not allowed an opponent to score over 20 points this season. We've given up 17, 17, 20, and then three points. And again, those Cincinnati numbers and Pittsburgh numbers are, uh, sorry, the Cincinnati 17, uh, those were some garbage time touchdowns that happened at the end, but they still count. And if you look at what the Browns have been able to do on offense, geez, they just put up 40 points last week against the Ravens. They have the number six overall offensive passing um, passing offense. They move the ball very, very well. They're a top 10 passing offense. Um, they have six rushing touchdowns before that. But no, uh, not against this defense. Yeah, they got in close. But whenever it mattered most, the 49ers defense showed up and made a damn play. So this is wonderful. Um, real quick, um, I'll be at the Rams game on Sunday. I am as well. I'm taking the whole family out. So good news, bad news. We won't have the instant reaction episode right after the Kyle Shanahan press conference. Once I get home and probably sobered up a little bit uh, from the game, then, um, yeah, after that, there will be an episode still Sunday night. It's just going to be a little delayed. So uh, stay tuned for that one for sure. Uh, a couple other questions. What's up with Pettis? Man, it's all psychological. 
Uh, his routes are still impeccable. He gets so much separation. His run blocking is great, despite being just a tiny little bitty guy. His run blocking is wonderful. But there is something psychological whenever it gets to that catch point. He bobbles the ball. You know, he had the great circus catch out of bounds where he bobbled it and caught it. They reviewed it and gave him the catch. That was great. Um, but then that slant to the house. Now, one thing that Kyle Shanahan did that I thought was great. Um, you know, we... Um, he drops the slant for the touchdown. We kick a field goal. We move on. Then they punt it to us after that. He put Dante Pettis back for the first time this year as a punt returner, trying to build this guy's confidence. You can't bail on him yet because we don't have other guys. Yeah, we signed Jordan Matthews, and he's going to join the ranks, but you've got to do something. Also, Richie James, he had that one big return right before the half. Was He I almost said abysmal. He was awful. He was terrible at punt returning. One, um, the very first punt, he didn't field it and it allowed it to bounce an extra 20 yards and then during kickoff he catches it out of he catches it like he shoestring catches it against the sideline then walks out of bounds and we get the ball on the 10 off of a kickoff if you let that ball go it's you get the ball at the 35 the guy's head uh i i know there's a lot of richie james fans i know he's very explosive athlete but i'm telling you this right now the guy makes so many mistakes and the fact that we have dante pettis back there which you could say well he's you know, rough around the edges. We're not using him that much as a wide receiver. Get that guy back there returning punts. He's the greatest punt returner in the history of college football. Get that guy back there, especially, or at least let him rotate in if, you know, this is what we're going to get out of Richie James. So anyway, John, we left nine points on the field with gold. Rough night for him. Yeah, Fred, it was. I, I put that first field goal that he missed on him. Um, one of them was a bad snap and one of them got blocked. So, yes, he could have made all of them, but that whole unit is a mess right now. We've changed long snappers. We're on a third one, and we're in week five, so that's problematic. I'm not worried about gold. I really am not worried about him. I think we're going to get that cleaned up. But, yeah, if we're playing a better team than this, uh, gold's going to play a factor. And, again, back to the scouting report episode that I did just before this, I said our special teams was way better than theirs. I was wrong. Um, they played great on special teams. You know, they got the block uh, for sure. But then we forced the fumble on Odell Beckham Jr. at the end. And Marcel Harris showing up big time on special teams. Uh, just goes to show you the 49ers will be very loyal to you, and they'll put you on the practice squad. We use our practice squad more than anybody else in the NFL. And if you can capitalize on a minimum number of plays, like special teams, like Marcel Harris, like Emmanuel Mosley, um, like guys like that, you are going to get to play football for us. So really, really excited about that. All right. Um... Let's see here. Not an ACL injury is what everybody is saying. That is just great news. Uh, trying to get through as many of these questions as I can. Um, I saw towards um, the end, we started to use 82 and 44. Yeah, so we started putting Dwelly, Roz Dwelly. Uh, we put him in the back as the fullback H-back. Uh, halfback is probably the more appropriate term for that. That's a possibility because we came out with Kittle and Dwelly, and then we motioned Dwelly back to that fullback spot, uh, which we've done before. I don't mind Dwelly there. I'd prefer Mayfield probably, but um, we've got to get somebody out there. Um, am I worried about our special teams? Not too much. Again, staying with what I just said, Gold is one of the best in the business. He's a veteran. He's going to be fine. We just need to get our snaps down um, and confidence. 
You know, after each one of the kicks, you'd look at Mitch uh, Wisnowski, who was the holder, and you could just see, like, dread and anger on his face with the snap. That's something they got to build. They got to build on big time. So um, let's see here. We had seven points by halftime, two interceptions, three sacks. Thank you, David. Somebody that listened. Again, I said the key was this. If sacks are worth one point and interceptions are worth two, we had to get to seven. We get seven, we win. We got there by halftime. Uh, we kept going <laughs> after that, and things got really, really good for us because the defense was able to just completely shut them down. Now, a couple things I do want to talk about. Um, I did say I wanted to bet the over this week. I put my money on that, 46.5 points. I had no clue the 49ers defense would do what they did. Uh, they almost covered the over by themselves, and they would have had to because the Browns were just so bad. So we missed that one. That's going to bring us to 6-9 and nine on the season. We did um, bet the over on the Cardinals-Bengals games, if you listen with us. So we're at 6-9, for nine, and we are looking great for our Teddy Bridgewater under 7.5 wins because Drew Brees is coming back and Mason Rudolph under 7.5 wins as well. So we're doing really well. And if you want to continue betting with us, we're going to have a bunch more coming throughout this season. Just head over to our sponsors, mybookie.ag. Use promo code 49ers they're going to double your initial deposit and man like I said uh, we're hitting it just over uh, 70% we're doing very very well and I think that we've got a lot more stuff coming your way so I spent a lot of time on this and again if I ever mention a bet on here with my bookie I am spending my own money on that so take that for what you want plus it's fun just to kind of bet together so um, again I also told you to put money down on George Kittle scoring a touchdown and of course that finally happened he had the two touchdowns called back earlier in the season but George Kittle, you know, I put a tweet out in the middle of the game that said, if you're ever in an argument with somebody that says George Kittle's not the best tight end in the NFL, just show this drive. It was in the third quarter when the 49ers were backed up all the way against the goal line, and he single-handedly willed us to two first downs on third and long just because he just refuses to quit, and he's so much more physical than anybody in the secondary. Uh, George Kittle, from a blocking standpoint, receiving standpoint, effort, morale, all across the board, it's not comparable. Uh, Kelsey might be a better receiver, maybe, but I still don't think he is. Um, George Kittle is the best tight end in the NFL, period. Now, a couple things I just want to talk about, just overall stats, just team stats. The 49ers won statistically every single category, so I want to rattle off just a couple things here. First downs, 49ers 22, Browns 9, okay? Passing first downs, 11 to 6, we win. Rushing first downs, 10 to 3. Um, third down efficiency, 6 for 16. Not great, but we did get our fourth down conversion as well, so that's going to help out with those percentages. They were 1 for 11. The Browns were 1 for 11. I, I cannot tell you how great it was to see Baker Mayfield just lose his cool repeatedly throughout this game, just how pissed off he was. Cussing on camera, um, being benched with five minutes left in the fourth quarter, uh, Nick Bosa getting the sack and planting the flag. Uh, so much fun stuff. I And here's the thing, too. If you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, head over there to the scouting report, uh, 49ers first Brown ep- uh, episode, and read all those Browns fans' comments. Because you're going to be so sorry. You have no clue. You're underestimating this team. Really? I guarantee you they're not going to be on there much longer. Uh, This was a destroying game for the Cleveland Browns. This is the type of loss that does damage to your psyche as a team. So very curious to see how things are going to go. I wouldn't be surprised 
I don't know. Uh, there's going to be – it's going to get worse for the Browns before it gets better. They got a rough schedule coming up too. Total plays, we had 71 to their 46. And total yards, good Lord. They had 180. We had 446 total yards. 446 to 180. Wow. 6.3 yards per play. Uh, we outpassed them by almost 100 yards. We outrushed them by 170 yards. It's just, man, this was a dominating performance. You fix a couple special teams things, and again, it should have been 40-3. to You're blowing a team out by, you know, what we did, 28 points. This was special. The the rest, and, and here's another thing, too. Everybody watched this game. There is no sneaking by anymore. The 49ers have arrived. And this is the game, no matter who we're playing, that all the coaches are going to show their team and say, look, this is what they can do. This is a very, very special team. Um, so really excited to see what we've got going forward. Um, just a couple more things. <clears throat> Excuse me. I apologize. A couple more things is this. Um, again, our prediction episode, let's see how we did. Let's go through this. I want to hold myself accountable. I said the 49ers would score 28 points. We got 31. I said 28 to 24. I was going with the Vegas lines there. I was way off. Okay. I did say there would be five total turnovers in the game. There were four. Offensive MVP, I said Kittle, uh, seven catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Matt Breida definitely has to be the offensive MVP. With everything that he did, one, just setting the tone, on that very first play with the 83-yard touchdown, but 11 carries, 114 yards, one touchdown, and then what he added on in the passing game, getting another touchdown, three catches, 15 yards on three targets for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, Matt Breida's definitely got to be the offensive MVP. And defensive MVP, I said it'd be Nick Bosa or Sherman. I said Nick Bosa would get two sacks and Sherman would get one interception. Hit on both of those. Really, Nick Bosa should have had three sacks. And then I said seven was the key. If we hit seven, uh, adding up our you know two points for an interception, one point for a sack that we would get the win, and we hit that. So we did pretty well on our. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I underestimated us just a little bit, but um, let's see. Uh, right here, I think the Rams game comes down to a Robbie Gold field goal. Yeah, that's a possibility. Uh, it really, really is. And if that's the case, I feel confident. Uh, you have to move forward with confidence in your kicker, especially if you look at what Robbie Gold has done over the past three years with the 49ers. Um, you know, get something down. I, I, I do not mind Robbie Gold whatsoever. Um, let's see here. The word you are looking for is dismantling whenever it comes to the Browns. Yeah, it's it, poor coaching. You have poor locker room leadership. And, you know, I don't want to focus too much on them. But, yeah, I, I'm with you completely. I really don't think um, that's what it is. Shouldn't Nick Bosa have two sacks tonight? He should have had three. So, he did have two sacks because one of them was a forced fumble, um, and then he got uh, another sack early on. That's whenever he did the the plant flag was on the one that he did not get the sack for. Um, should have been a sack. He should have had three sacks right there. So a um, couple things real quick. Make sure that you like this video and hit the bell so that when we do our live shows, you will be able to join us. Um, we will be having shows probably Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week um, leading up to the game on Sunday. Also, if you're going to the game, please reach out to me. I'm going to be tailgating 
With the Niners Faithful Chapter, which I think it's just $15 if you're in the L.A. area to join their tailgate. Uh, if you have questions about that, please reach out to me, uh, JL underscore Chapman on Twitter, or you can email me at all times, 49ersRushPodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, make sure you head over to NinersRush.com. We've got a lot of new articles up over there. We've got a lot of new videos up, uh, new gear that you can buy if you want to support the podcast. So there's a lot of great stuff going on. and excuse me again, it's going to be a fun week. Enjoy this. When you go to work tomorrow, talk trash respectfully to everybody else because the 49ers are one of two undefeated teams. And again, if they come up with that question of, well, who have you beaten? You could just say, hey, we've beaten everybody on our roster. Uh, we've run two, or everybody on our schedule, we won two road games already, and we just defeated the first place team in the AFC North. So I am 100% okay with that, and I could not be happier as a 49ers fan just with what the product that they have put out on the field with you know this front office. This is wonderful. So enjoy this, Faithful. You deserve it. And we will be back later on this week with a lot more. So stay strong, Faithful. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.